This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. In this episode, we're going to discuss what gaming devices you should consider getting in 2023. But before that, here's a recap of some of the most exciting news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Hello, we're going to start the news with the Game of the Year for 2022, Elden Ring. The game will be getting its first DLC. It's going to be called Shadow of the Earth Tree. It was announced last Tuesday by the game's official Twitter account, stating, and I quote, an upcoming expansion for the Elden Ring Shadow of Earth Tree is currently in development, with an image teasing what may be to come for tarnished within the lands between. That's the info that was announced for now, though the artwork in the tweet could include some hints as for what to expect. The image alongside the message shows a lone figure in white riding across a field of wheat. In the distance, beyond ruins and hills is what appears to be the smouldering remains of the one mighty earth tree. Though the landscape doesn't seem to match with the tree's location inside the game's world, it's possible that this could be the Halic tree or an entirely different great tree altogether. Elden Ring has only had another DLC content added to it since its launch, and that was the Coliseum multiplayer update. It is unknown how much content Shadow of the Earth Tree will contain, but it will be the first single-player expansion for Elden Elden Ring. Hmm. From Elden Ring, we move on to Counter-Strike and a possible Counter-Strike 2 that is rumoured to be released sometime in the future and it appears to be happening now more than ever. Richard Lewis, a well-known esports journalist, tournament host, caster and analyst well-known in the CS community, has learned through reliable sources that Counter-Strike 2 is in the works. According to him, the next version is very probably slated to be launched under the working title Counter-Strike 2 and the tentative release date for the beta is in this month of March. Lewis also claims that CS2 features 128 tick servers, which puts it on par with Riot Games' Valorant. According to the report, the game is also scheduled to contain a much improved matchmaking system with features that is hoped to eliminate the need for third-party plugin services. Hmm, the story follows NVIDIA driver updates that mention C. CS Go S2, which is thought to be a new game or update. According to Gabe Follower on Twitter, CS Go 2 has been in QA since December of last year, though he can't confirm 100%. I mean, the latest rumours and leaks do make an interesting story with specifics regarding what implies for the old game and whether or not Counter-Strike 2 will totally replace it is still very much unknown. What does this mean for player skins, more importantly? Counter-Strike skins can cost tens of thousands of dollars, so if the up update rumours are real, we expect Valve to address what will happen in the next release. I mean, hopefully they just carry over to this freshly revised title. Mm. On to the next bit of news. It's about 50 Cent's involvement in the GTA series. In 2021, Dr. Dre was featured in Grand Theft Auto Online and now it seems that Fidi himself may be stepping into the GTA limelight with some kind of connection to Vice City. On a now-deleted Instagram post, 50 Cent shared a post that directly referenced Vice City but being as cryptic as it was, nobody has yet to figure out what sort of involvement he's into the title, if there's even any at all. Hmm. 
he did not say anything rather than posting a logo of GTA Vice City and promised that he'll explain more in the future. After last year's GTA 6 leaks, became clear that the next game in the iconic series may be set in modern-day version of Vice City, the location of the 2002 title of the same name. Of course, it hasn't been proven, but circumstantial evidence suggests that it might be. Last year, Rockstar revealed very briefly that production on the next GTA game was underway, but there was only information provided. Now 50 Cent has hinted that he may be associated with a Vice City entity in some manner, whether it's a video game or something else altogether. Possibly a TV series, since there have been uh, many rumours of one maybe. It seems to make sense that Rockstar will be working hard to get Grand Theft Auto 6 licensed in a variety of ways, including music. Maybe 50 Cent is uh, just putting up his innovative voice and musical abilities for Vice City, or actually appearing in the game, I guess we'll see very soon. And that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Afnil and Daryl. Now, it's still relatively early in the year, and while the timing might not be the most ideal, I think we can start visiting the subject of what gaming devices or consoles to get in 2023, especially here in the country. This comes on the back of the stock for PlayStation 5 finally stabilizing in the market based on our regular contributor Najwan Maliki's observation. Here he is talking about it. Yeah, so um, I think um, a lot of people who are interested in PS5s must have noticed that the stocks are coming in quite um, quite well um, to the point that scalpers are losing losing the upper hand and selling like way off from the MSRP from the uh, manufacturer's suggested retail price um, and, and at least if you go on like uh, apps like Shopee and Lazada you can actually see it going down um, like sub 3000 um, and it's getting closer and closer to the uh, original retail price right um, so that that's a good sign, and I guess um, you can also queue better at like um, stores that sells uh, PS Five officially. Um, there's like better management for the queues and stuff. And recently, we've seen news surfacing uh, that Sony Malaysia have announced that fourteenth um, of March is going to be the day that they kind of like. I don't know, it feels like they're launching another PS5, but it's not. <laughs> it's just that I feel like they are more confident in like selling PS5s uh, right off like their Sony uh, centers and also in like game stores. I also noticed that if you are actually looking for one like immediately now, it can be slightly of a challenge because I noticed that some game stores have been um, holding it off until the embargo date of 14th March. I think they want to just do like a big thing. And there's also an installation, I believe, somewhere around Pavilion KL, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I believe PS5 is going to be readily available, or oh, touch wood, if it's not, <laughs> um, for the masses sometime really soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, but what does that mean? Like, does that mean that if I want to, you know, on a random weekend, you know, if I have a bit of extra cash in my pocket and I would just like to walk into a Sony stop or any other game stores to get a PS5, I can do that? Or do I still have to do that whole queue thing, you know, or mm. pre-order first and then it'll come in two weeks or three weeks time or a month's time? Um, or yeah. are they still going to be released in batches? Uh, how, how does it going to work technically? I mean... You're not asking the right person because I'm not pursuing <laughs> that, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of figured that, but yeah. But looking at actually, literally looking at like um platforms again, like Shopee and Lazada. Even if you go to Shopee's 
um, at this time of recording at least, if you go to Shopee, Sony's um, official store, you can actually get a PS5 right away. Like you can make your payment, they will ship it as soon as they can. Um, so you might be getting it like in a few days time. So we still have, we're still seeing shortages in like physical stores. Um, I do know our ex-colleague in BFM, Arvin, actually got his PS5 by literally walking into his store, seeing one, um, and then purchasing it. I'm very happy for that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see it again. I'm not an official story rep, but I think what that means is we are going to be able to go in. Uh, and if you have like 2,500 ringgit lying around, you don't know what to do with it, you can actually get one. And go home and start playing PS5. Okay, that, that's an interesting development uh how does this happen does this mean that the you know the global chip shortage is finally ending or is it just a question of you know those who actually want ps5s desperately want ps5s have already gotten theirs meaning that you know now stocks are stabilizing you know mm. yeah so uh the thing is um global chip shortages is quite interesting because for particularly specifically for ps5 it it was also in the midst of the issue where they wanted to move their manufacturing facilities and stuff. So they were affected by both of those things, right? So even if it's not like in general chip shortages, it's also because of the move. But they have recovered from one, the chip shortage itself. I mean, I'm not saying there's no chip shortage at all anymore. We still are seeing some chip shortages, but um, you can actually see it like, almost to a point normalizing um, because yeah, COVID restrictions have lifted. Um, also, uh, I think TSMC, the big chip manufacturer, have already upped uh, the productions for multiple um, uh, production lines, including the PS5 productions. Um, and I think um, we're seeing a lot better uh, manufacturing recoveries. And obviously, Sony also have announced recently that they are confident in like delivering like the normal requests and like demands for people who want PS5. So let's take um, Sony's announcement. And in the announcement, they did say, I believe it was like nine countries, countries uh, such as like UK, US, um, and some other like European countries. They actually have no restrictions as to how many PS5s you can buy. Um, or, or, you know, having to sign up over a specific account to basically get the PS5. You don't need to do that anymore. You can just go into a into Walmart in the US and then just get it because they are so confident that they can actually deliver. So the idea, I believe, is that once Sony themselves can actually produce enough PS5, they don't have a need to actually fight with scalpers because if I'm a scalper, I go into Walmart and I purchase like 10 PS5s and then Hanif goes into Walmart purchasing his own PS5 on his, like, for his own self. I, I, I don't have people to sell to because, like, people stop. You know, like, people can just get, get it for themselves. Of course, as well, um, the case is that currently scalpers are sitting on a bunch of PS5s. People are, have either lost interest in, in getting one because they've noticed that PS4 is still quite okay. Uh, or, or they just feel like, nah, I'll just wait for when it's readily available, right? So scalpers are also losing the power to actually scalp, which is a great thing. Yeah, so that's one of the... I think those are the few reasons why 
we're seeing this lah why we're seeing like the availability and I think um, based on all the Sony announcements and the way they've marketed in the past few weeks I think I'm can I can be pretty certain and sure that yeah it's going to be available in physical stores almost everywhere at least in Malaysia yeah All right, fantastic. Okay, so um, I think we're gonna move on a bit from talking about the availability of PlayStation Five to whether you should get one. I mean, if you have yeah. the money again, of course. You know, um, obviously we're sensitive to the current economic climate, but I think for those who can afford it, if you want to get it, should you get one? Especially taking into factor, you know, the 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 fact that you mentioned that I think um one of the reasons why scalpers are losing out right now is because people have that realization that maybe you know they should stick with PS4, right? But I think to an extent, um, it's also pretty important to like look at perhaps maybe um the next upcoming big game that's going to come out that's going to be great on PS5, right? Um, I think mm. off the top of my head, um, post God of War Ragnarok. Uh, what else do they have lined up for the year? Um, you know, surprisingly, you know, nothing concrete yet. Um, so soon, right? I think um, the installation that you mentioned uh, at Pavilion, uh, Bukit Bintang, there features um, Spider-Man 2, right? I think a hint towards Spider-Man yeah. 2. Um, don't, not sure whether they're going to actually be marketing the game soon, but it feels like, you know, that's the game that you use to currently market the console, right? So maybe that's that, uh, but I don't know whether, I don't think um, there's any concrete release date with regard to the game. Obviously, we might be able to see something this year, but I doubt it's going to be released this year. So off the top of my head, you know, um, yeah, that's not enough software that will be able to push the console at least so soon right uh, obviously I mean again if you want a PS5 just because you want it then obviously it's, it's a good console to to have but for people who need a game to go with it and perhaps they have played you know run around they've played uh, Forbidden West they've played all the other games yeah I, I don't know whether yeah there are games upcoming games that are gonna persuade them you know to, to get it right I mean you need that console seller game right uh, and yeah Spider-Man aside not sure whether perhaps you know If I'm not in a rush to get PS5, will I get it anytime soon or will I wait for that next big game and then get it on PS5, right? So that's that. We've been talking about PlayStation 5's current availability in the market. We're going to make way for some messages. More after this, stay tuned. This is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG World Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show is Najman Maliki, and we've spent the first half of our chat talking about PS5's availability in the market and how that has finally looked to be stabilizing very soon. But if you're not in the market for a PS5, what are your other options in the market currently? What can you consider? We're going to give you the alternatives. If they're not getting a PS5 and they're sticking to PS4, that's fine. But if they want to get something else, Let's talk about the options, right? Uh, 2023, early in 2023, we're in March 2023. Um, what are other consoles out there that are available? And I'm going to start with something that's a bit out there that's not officially available in Malaysia. Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, I think Steam Deck is, <laughs> unlike PlayStation 5, not as high in demand. But that's also because they're not technically officially available here. But you can get it here from great importers, I suppose. Um, with... Accidentally had a look at at the device, uh, um, which is kind of nice. I mean, didn't spend that much time with it, but at least yeah, we finally get to see and touch it. Uh, what do you think of Steam Deck? And you know, is that a good alternative for people who want a new gaming device? I suppose. Um. Okay. Like so, this is my personal view for Steam Deck. Uh, it's a great device for you to get. 
if you do a lot of um, mobile gaming, um, if you're moving around a lot, uh, or if you just have a lot of money and you, you know, you just want to get something with the biggest library on earth, I guess, games library on earth compared to other consoles. Um, I, 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 yeah, as I've mentioned, we've had the chance to play around with it. I, I think it's a lovely device. I think it's a really, really good device. And um, again, going through all Steam, all, all the things that Steam has, it's going to be huge, right? So um, you're, you're quite set for the, the games itself. But in terms of, for me, to do the, um, I mean, economic, economic um, decision whether I should get a Steam Deck or not, I think at this point in time, I probably say no, be simply because of um, the price, uh, and because if if I were to compare that to you know getting a PS Five or even you know it's very far rival um, Switch, <laughs> I think economically speaking, um, Switch, especially if you're a uh, a mobile gamer, I mean like a gamer who's moving around. Switch is a lot more economical than than Steam Deck, but as y'all have imagined, the the libraries are way way different, and you can do a lot more on Steam Deck than and than you can on a Switch. So yeah, you do have the up upper hand of of getting that huge library, getting that um uh multiple I guess like um usage out of your Steam Deck and. And it's it's really powerful and useful. However, for me, I still can't see the economic value to make that leap to get one myself. That's not for me. What about you, Hanif? What do you think about Steam Deck? Would you get it? Yeah, so here's the thing about Steam Deck that I find interesting. Uh, I think, speaking of the library, um, the library is huge, yes, but um, it will be more beneficial for people who already have games in this library. You know what I mean? So people... People who are already a PC gamer who suddenly want to have that portability of being and access to be able to play all these games, you know, uh, remotely, I suppose, you know, and not remotely in a, in that Steam. I think Steam has a device that allows you to play games remotely. I forgot the name of the device now, but um, being able to play these games, you know, uh, you know, on a you know while while lying on your while sitting on your couch or lying on your bed, right? And uh, I think it'll definitely immediately be a huge advantage and benefit for people who uh, who already yeah, own a PC and would like to have that portability, right? The, the thing is, um, um, for people who don't play games on PC, you have access to a huge library, yes, but essentially you still have to spend money on the on these games, right? Because you don't you've never had any prior experience of owning these games before on your on your Steam library on PC, right? So there's that. Um, but obviously, prices of games will be less compared to I guess on consoles where it's difficult to 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 see games permanently being on a discount unless they're on sale. Whereas for PCs, for Steam specifically, games are relatively, you know, cheaper, quote unquote, compared to buying 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 it on consoles, right? So there's that. Um so I, I just wanted to point out that di- that difference so that at least People know that they still have to spend money, especially if they don't have PC games or these games uh, on Steam libra- library, right? So that's that. Um, but but what I find quite appealing as someone who don't necessarily have a PC for gaming, I like the I'm beginning or rather I'm beginning to be a bit more open to the idea of the plug and play ability of Steam Deck. You know, which is why to a certain extent, 
I'm a mostly a console gamer in the first place. You know, I like the concept of not having to fiddle with all this, you know, installing games on PC, blah, 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 which is why I think consoles, consoles has always been my preferred platform for gaming. And Steam Deck, while it's a bit more technical because it's still essentially a mini PC, um, which is, that's another advantage of Steam Deck, especially for people who are more adventurous. You know, you can install, you know, other OSs on it, blah, blah, blah. So, so that's also that advantage for 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 Steam Deck for people who are a bit more adventurous. But for people who are not as adventurous, even if someone like me, you know, the idea of, yeah, the idea of them making the ability to install games a bit more seamless, which I've seen on Steam Deck is kind of appealing, you know what I mean? To a certain extent, like, like, because I know at the end of the day, this is a device that's meant, uh, that's made for gaming and based on the steps that they've they've taken to make it more accessible for players to get into your game as fast as possible, how all games, you know, they have that Steam Deck verified verification thing, Steam Deck verification thing where they will um, say, oh, this game has already been verified to be able to be played on Steam Deck. It, yeah, it's beginning to be a bit more appealing in that sense, you know what I mean? Like, which I'm, okay, I know for a fact that, like, okay, I can just get it and game and game virtually anywhere, right? Without actually having to spend money on PC. Obviously, um, I don't know how long this machine will be able to run modern games. Um, I think, obviously, it can run Cyberpunk, so there's that. Um, and, and, decent enough uh, based on my experience testing it like much better obviously much better than a PS4 but taking into consideration you know it's on a smaller screen but still you know for, for a device that small to be that powerful to be able to run Cyberpunk is pretty impressive but I don't know whether you know it'll last you for the next three years for example you know once the latest and greatest games comes out but regardless yeah if you want to have access to older games it's there and again the portability where you know I'm at a point in my life where you know gaming not having to sit down at a permanent spot to game is beginning to appeal a bit more i'm like mm, okay you know maybe this is worth considering obviously yeah the price is um relatively around i mean it's it fluctuates because again it's not officially available here so it fluctuates in the in the in the in the market right now but yeah if i don't have a pc and i'm pretty settled with the idea of just gaming on a steam deck without being so worried about resolutions and performance yeah i might consider it i suppose yeah especially you know like i said yeah i'm at that point in my life where yeah sitting stationary at a place to just game feels a bit tiring i suppose so so there's that uh yeah so that's my take on steam deck yeah um you mentioned switch Nash, and i find that quite interesting because switch and to a certain extent it's a success of the platform itself that it, it will always be a good alternative but it's either a very good, a very appealing alternative for people or a not so appealing alternative for people, right? So, um, obviously, you know, we're a gaming show. Ideally, we like to play as many games as possible, own as many consoles as possible. So, we recognize Switches perhaps, I guess, appeal in that sense, but we have not been exposed enough to, to the library uh, of games available on Switch, right? So, therefore, we feel like, okay, maybe it doesn't appeal as much to us, but there are people out there who are huge fans of the games on offer on Switch, right? And to them, Switch is sufficient enough enough for, for what they want to do, right? Correct? Yeah, so uh, if you're looking at Steam Deck, Steam Decks nowadays in Malaysia costs about 2,800 to 3,000 ringgit. Um, and that's that's quite a chunk of money. But because of, um, as, as Hanif have mentioned, the uh, libraries, right? And the types of games that you can play. Switch starts from like 800 ringgit for the um, Switch Lite, right? 
800 ringgit is to me extremely appealing if I'm comparing that to a device that costs close to 3,000 ringgit. However, as Hanif have mentioned, you got to imagine that if you don't have the libraries uh, of the games that you want to play, then these are the games that you have to pay for. And the thing about Steam and Steam Deck is that Steam is extremely famous for very extremely low sales. So you can get your favorite games if you don't mind waiting maybe like a couple of uh, maybe uh, six to eight months you probably can get your games like below 50 ringgit even right so i've gotten like a lot of games for like 10 ringgit 20 ringgit and that's the beauty of of steam deck i feel um and that's another thing that you need to consider if you're getting a new device either a steam deck a ps4 or a switch if you actually are going to be playing the libraries and if you have the money to buy so sometimes people might say oh i just have to spend 800 ringgit on a Switch Lite, but then you got to consider that you got to spend another 150 for that Pokemon game that you want to play, or maybe 150, another 150 for that, say, Animal Crossing game that you want to play. So those are costs that is going to, like, ramp up quite a bit, um, especially if you're looking at playing um, older titles, specific or older titles, because on Steam, older titles are generally a lot cheaper than your usual typical switch or playstation games yeah so i think that's something really something really good to bring out on it yeah yeah and also another thing is that the markedly different kind of library i mean yeah each console yeah. has their own i guess um exclusives these days but if you want to play a casual game like fifa 23 uh you have to bear in mind that switch have a very mediocre version of fifa and <laughs> and and therefore yeah at least you'll be better off i guess playing it on 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 a non-switch device, right? Uh, and same goes with other multi-platform games or, you know, your typical shooter, Call of Duty. So, unless you're f- for sure are a fan of, I guess, the exclusives on Switch and they are all good quality games, uh, Switch will be appealing in that sense. But if you're if you're a casual gamer that want a bit of everything on top of the exclusives, then a switch i would say won't be appealing but that that's that's one perspective that you have to be mindful of you know that there is a, a high chance that although technically to be fair a lot of developers are making switch versions of games i think even um Hogwarts legacy will have a switch version eventually and obviously you have you know the witcher uh three you know on available on switch um doom so so to be fair people are making games for 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 switch but at the same time um yeah, you have to just be mindful of, you know, the kind of games that you want to play and whether the Switch actually support these games, right? But other than that, mm. Switch is a solid platform, obviously. Um, the, the best part about Switch is that, you know, you would think that it's a bit outdated, but uh, but actually it was just released in 2017. And what what and, and <laughs> people have been speculating about, oh, when are they actually going to be releasing the new Switch, right? Um, yeah, with, with especially with um, the Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel coming up soon, Will they be releasing a new console soon? It seems that they're they're not planning to. I mean, there's no news of them releasing a new version of Switch. Uh, and Switch, you know, being a device that's pretty flexible, um, yeah, not as expensive. You know, uh, with one around one two to one three, you can get uh this OLED version of the Switch. And in Switch, the the that version of Switch is obviously the the more coveted one because it's flexible. I mean, it's, it can be played uh, in a portable mode, but at the same time, you can also dock it and, and you know, not to mention the, the all the, you know, multi, multiplayer games that are available, party games that I think people find a bit more appealing. 
Um, so 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 I think Switch has that advantage, you know. And again, depends on mm. the kind of gamer you are, and you know the kind of games you want to play. So so there is that advantage. And again, uh, like you mentioned, Naj, I mean, if you want to, if you're sure that you're gonna just play um, the console in its portable way, um, you can just get a Switch Lite, right? And and you can get it below for below one thousand. So that's so that advantage of of a Nintendo Switch, right? Um, so yeah, I think I think those are the alternatives of the kind of games and the kind of consoles that you can get the kind of gaming devices that you can get what about the the classic PC you know I mean we seem to be mm. to I guess focus a lot on consoles but what about PC uh, especially you know I, I brought up Steam Deck just now uh, but is it worth it to build a PC for gaming in 2023 especially taking the factor I think at one point we spoke about uh, graphics cards availability and how the market is also stabilizing there do you think that this is a so good time to start building a PC and will it still be as expensive now um, yeah that's a really tough one to answer out of the bat but um, I give my uh, so my TLDR answer would be or TLDL answer <laughs> would be it is still expensive um, to get to build a new PC nowadays so the reason why it's expensive is because Literally, components have been have been expensive, right? I mean, it's it's going to be expensive as well. Um, why? Because manufacturers noticed that during the um, the shortage of components, people are still buying, right? So people are still, you know, um, forking up the the cash and then buying the the machines and stuff. So they know that even if they keep the prices high, I mean, it's lower than than what you would expect to get to from off scalpers, but even if they keep the prices high, people are still going to buy it, right? So if you want to get a graphics card, a decent one, it will still cost you about $1,005, $1,006. That's just one graphics card. You're not even looking at the CPUs, uh, memories, uh, disks, and stuff like that. So once you've included all of the other items all together, you, you're looking at maybe like three and a half to 4,000 ringgit per a decent gaming PC. And when, when you are at that stage, then, then you start... I mean, if I were to compare that then to a, a Switch, a Steam Deck, or a, a PS5, economically, suddenly gaming PC makes little sense. However, I do have to say that if you go down that route, one thing that is great is that the longevity is quite secure. Like, I think you mentioned just now, Hanif, like, you're not too sure whether a Steam Deck can survive three to four years down the road. Because, you know, like, AAA games might might come out on Steam Deck as well, and then... You know, it might not be as good, but because if you are getting a, a a gaming PC, the modularity of a PC itself allows you to upgrade that machine a lot better than than getting a console. But yeah, I mean, stability, modularity, these are the things that you're looking at if you're getting getting a gaming PC. However, I think the jump is, in my personal view, it's still quite high, and yeah, I. I'm a I'm 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 I would say I'm an agnostic gamer. I play games on Switch, I play games on PS, I play games on PC, and I still think that PC has the best experience for me. Maybe because I grew up playing PC games, but yeah, I'm at this point in time where I'd say I would go for consoles over PC. And uh, I mean, like I'm lumping Steam Deck as a part of consoles here, but yeah, I would go for consoles over PC simply because of the price. Yeah, and yeah. I think another thing that we have to take into factor as well is especially if you don't have any um, 
uh, I think sometimes people forget this, you know, people will be like, macam, you know, calculating the cost and be like, oh, okay, so I'm going to f- spend quote-unquote 4K on a, on a PC, right? Without taking into factor, especially if they don't have the, the peripherals, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to spend 4K on TV, on a, on a PC, without actually, yeah, taking into factor that, oh, you know, if you don't have any of, you know, they're on the keyboard, mouse and monitor, that's, Mm. There will also be an added cost to 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 start your venture. Although these days, you know, you might assume that a lot of people might have already have a you know a spare monitor lying around these days. So there's also that, and obviously, yeah, you know, and and again, it's flexible in the sense that it depends on your budget as well. But at the same time, if you want to future-proof your machine, you will have to spend right. There's no such thing as spending two thousand on a brand new PC and you know with that machine, you know, uh, being capable of playing. The latest games, right? So, so, so I think that's the that's the quote unquote barrier to entry for PC mm. gaming specifically. But I think if you can spend upfront the money that you have, if you can spend, yeah, if you can invest upfront, um, yeah, you can get years out of uh from it, right? Which is I think is fantastic. But again, it also depends on the kind of games that you want to play, and of course, depends on whether you want to fiddle a lot with you know all the settings. Um, it will give you quote unquote the best gaming experience, I suppose, in terms of performance, but. But it comes at a cost, I suppose. Uh, going back from PC to another console that I think is less discussed here, only because it's again not <laughs> available specifically here, uh, is Xbox. You know, obviously, um, Sony's biggest competitor, Sony and Nintendo's biggest competitor. The only reason why we don't we don't talk about it as much is because of the fact that it's not officially available here. But again, like Steam Deck, it's available in the grey market. You can still technically get these machines. Um, is it worth getting, especially if you're willing to jump through hoops to be able to have access to Xbox Game Pass? And I think um, the reason why I say that is because obviously, um, while Microsoft, the company has presence here, Xbox specifically doesn't have a presence here. And therefore, if you want to get Xbox and enjoy the benefits of of Xbox Game Pass, which seems value for money, you have to, I guess, jump through hoops to, to be able to do it, right? Um, do you think that that is also something that people should consider you know if they again have no console exclusives that they want to play and just want to get um, just want to be a bit more I guess economical with with their money I suppose you know while enjoying games yeah um, again not an easy answer to, to answer that question but I personally I guess maybe the nerd side of me would say yes to a certain extent but yeah because again if you don't mind jumping the slight hoops Again, the hoops are not that difficult to jump over. Um, and uh, yeah, if you can do that, then it's actually a really good um, choice to to uh, to get. Uh, I guess aside from um, the economical reason, it's also um, ready, I would say re- almost readily available everywhere you go. You can easily walk into a game store and get your Xbox Series X or S nowadays without any op- without any issue. Because as you've mentioned, it's not as famous in Malaysia. But yeah. I mean, you got to consider the, the hoops. To me, personally, because of the price, and I mean, you still can get e-games relatively easily, um, I think it's actually a good a good option, a decent option, not the greatest, but a decent option. Um, the only downside that I think about when I think about um, getting an Xbox machine is um, supports and uh, I guess after sale supports and I guess app supports as well. So if you're you're gonna consider this as your main media machine, um, if you're a Mac heavy user, if you use a MacBook, um, you know, um, uh, communicating with the machine itself might be a problem. 
But these are niche items to look at. If this is a console for you to just play games on and you're trying to be economical. Yeah, I think it's not a bad it's not a bad option. Yeah, and I think that's an option for people to consider if they're not, I guess, loyal to certain platforms, I suppose. Uh, and and perhaps yeah, would like to to give to give Xbox a try. Um last but not least, um in 2023. Uh, I know we just talk a lot about PS5, but what about PS4 and even all the other older consoles, quote-unquote? Uh, I mean, at least within that generation, I suppose. Um, do you think it's still worth getting them now? Uh, especially for people, yeah, perhaps, again, again, if money is a, is a barrier, and but they would like to sell game, um, is it worth it for them to at least, you know, consider getting a PS4 now? Yeah, so I think um, this is a very, um, I guess... Um, a seditious answer to give. <laughs> but I would say yes, actually. PS4, especially for PS4, it's still a relatively very viable console. You still can't play Cyberpunk 2077 if you want to specifically play that game well. Um, but the rest, God for Ragnarok, um, Forbidden West, whatever the, con- the the PS exclusives that you have out there, it's still extremely playable, extremely fun, fun to play on. So I have a suggestion. If you are on a time budget, you want to game, you want to try and game at the best quality possible, go for a refurbished PS4 Pro. So a PS4 Pro is a really good device. It can't do ray tracing, but who can? <laughs> I mean, like what games also uh, are doing superpower ray tracing, right? So if you want to play great games at good FPS, at a good quality, and at a fraction of the price, I strongly recommend finding a good refurbished shop with a PS4 Pro. Getting that, that would be your best bang for your buck. You can get it for about a thousand, maybe a thousand two ringgit, a thousand two hundred ringgit. Um, that is going to be way, way better than a Nintendo Switch. Or a brand new PS5 if you're looking at the savings. And also, yeah, it still can last you for the next, I believe, uh, at least three years more from now. Yeah. But having said that, um, if you want to play again the latest and greatest, uh, just be mindful that I think think we're beginning to see it now that um, developers are beginning to, you know, start delaying, I guess, versions of games for PS4, I suppose. Um, I think it will come out a bit later um, and the quality, we're not sure yet, but but I think so far, I mean, to be fair, a lot of games are playable on PS4 as well, but I think we're beginning to see games being phased out from PS4, I suppose. You know, people are beginning to release exclusive games on on the current gen quote unquote consoles, right? Which is the PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X. Um, so yeah, I think that's one aspect to consider. I mean, if you want to again feature proof, although technically, I mean, if you just want a game, get a PS4 now, PS4 Pro or PS4, and enjoy yourself because there are a lot of. I mean, it's a huge library, and you can, I guess, definitely have more than enough time to to play all these games. Uh, um, yeah, um, so Naj, I think at the end of the day, uh, before we end this conversation, any any last words? I do actually have last words. What uh, are you going to be getting PS5? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when or whether I'm going to be getting... Uh, whether you are going to be getting a PS5 anytime soon. Uh, anytime I d- soon, I guess, will be this year. Oh, good question. Um, I think, I think, I mean, again, money is a problem. Um, uh, I suppose, I mean, if I have the cash and I have an extra cash lying around, I'll probably get it soonish. But 
yeah, like I said, you know, I, I think I've been thinking about it, and 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 if I can wait a bit more, I don't mind waiting for another year. Only because post Ragnarok, I and uh, yeah, with, with Spider Man coming, yes, but. Again, I'm I'm waiting to see whether Spider-Man is also playable on PS4. If they are quite adamant about not making it available on PS4, um, then I might that might be the next console seller, I suppose. You know, that might push me to, to actually get a PS5 if I have the money. If not, you know, I'll probably wait for another year. You know, work aside. Sony is taking note with this. Make PS5 Spider-Man 2 exclusive on PS5 for one if. Yeah. Already, I think that's about it. You're tuning into GG Well Played, and that was my conversation with Najman Maliki about gaming devices that you can consider getting in 2023. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on BFM.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find the show on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp@bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on, and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.